Good morning, friends. Today is Monday, the 16th of November, 2020. Our readings this morning are Psalm 89, verses 1 through 18, Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4, and 9 through 20, James 2, 14 through 26, and the Gospel of Luke 16, 19 through 31. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker, for you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. Before we read the Psalms, I'd like to read to you about Margaret, who we remember today. Shakespeare made familiar the names of Macbeth and Macduff, Duncan and Malcolm, but it is not always remembered that Malcolm married an English princess, Margaret, about 1070. With considerable zeal, Margaret sought to change what she considered to be old-fashioned and careless practices among the Scottish clergy. She insisted that the observance of Lent, for example, was to begin on Ash Wednesday 
rather than on the following Monday, and that Mass should be celebrated according to the accepted Roman rite of the Church and not in barbarous form and language. The Lord's Day was to be a day when, she said, we apply ourselves only to prayers. She argued argued vigorously, though not always with success, against the exaggerated sense of unworthiness that made many of the pious Scots unwilling to receive communion regularly. Margaret's energies were not limited to reformation of formal church practices. She encouraged the founding of schools, hospitals, and orphanages, and used her influence with King Malcolm to help her improve the quality of life among the isolated Scottish clans. Together, Margaret and her husband rebuilt the monastery of Iona and founded Dunfermline Abbey under the direction of Benedictine monks. In addition to her zeal for church and people, Margaret was a conscientious wife and the mother of eight children. Malcolm, a strong-willed man, came to trust her judgment even in matters of state. She saw also to the spiritual welfare of her large household, providing servants with opportunity for regular worship and prayer. Margaret was not as not as successful as she wished to be in creating greater unity and faith and works between her own native England and the Scots. She was unable, for example, to bring an end to the bloody warfare, warfare among the Highland clans, and after her death in 1093, there was a brief return to the earlier isolation of Scotland from England. Nevertheless, her work among the people and her reforms in the church made her Scotland's most beloved saint. She died on November 16th and was buried at Dunfermline at Done from Line Abbey. And we will use um, later today a collect for St. Margaret. Now, Psalm 89, verses 1 through 18. I will sing of your steadfast love, O God, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David, I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O God, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to God? Who among the heavenly beings is like God's? is like God, a God feared in the council of the holy ones, great and awesome above all that are around them. O God of hosts, who is as mighty as you, O God? Your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours, the world and all that is in it. You have founded them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm, strong as your hand, high your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Happy are the people who know the festal shout. Who walk, O God, in the light of your countenance. They exalt in your name all day long and extol your righteousness. For you are the glory of their strength. By your favor, our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to God. 
our Sovereign to the Holy One of Israel. Praise to the Holy and Undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 and 9 through 20. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what God will say to me and what God will answer concerning my, my complaint. Then God answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Alas for you who get evil gain for your house, setting your nest on high to be safe from the reach of harm. You have devised shame for your house by cutting off many peoples. You have forfeited your life. The very stones will cry out from the wall, and the plaster will, will respond from the woodwork. Alas for you who build a town by bloodshed and found a city on iniquity. Is it not from the God of hosts that peoples labor only to feed the flames and nations weary themselves for nothing? But the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Alas for you who make your neighbors drink, pouring out your wrath until they are drunk in order to gaze on their nakedness. You will be sated with contempt instead of glory. Drink you yourself and stagger. The cup in God's right hand will come around to you, and shame will come upon your glory. For the violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you. The destruction of the animals will terrify you, because of human bloodshed and violence to the earth, to cities and all who live in them. What use is an idol once its maker has shaped it, a cast image, a teacher of lies? For its maker trusts in what has been made, Though the product is only an idol that cannot speak. Alas for you who say to the wood, Wake up, to silent stone, rouse yourself. Can it teach? See, it is gold and silver plated, and there is no breath in it at all. But God is in their holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning is now, and will be forever. Amen. Canticle 11, the third song of Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God has dawned upon you. For behold, darkness covers the land, deep gloom enshrouds the peoples. But over you God will rise, and God's glory will appear upon you. Nations will stream to your light, and rulers to the brightness of your dawning. Your gates will always be open. By day or night they will never be shut. They will call you the city of God, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Violence will no more be heard in your land, ruin or destruction within your borders. 
You will call your walls salvation, and all your portals praise. The sun will no more be your light by day. By night you will not need the brightness of the moon. God will be your everlasting light, and God will be your glory. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. What good is it, my siblings, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle Q, A Song of Christ's Goodness Jesus, as a mother, you gather your people to you. You are gentle with us as a mother with her children. Often you weep over our sins and our pride. Tenderly you draw us from hatred and judgment. You comfort us in sorrow and bind up our wounds. In sickness you nurse us and with pure milk you feed us. Jesus, by your dying, we are born to new life. By your anguish and labor, we come forth in joy. Despair turns to hope through your sweet goodness. Through your gentleness we find comfort and fear. Your warmth gives life to the dead. Your touch makes sinners righteous. Jesus, in your mercy, heal us. In your love and tenderness, remake us. In your compassion, bring grace and forgiveness. For the beauty of heaven, may your love prepare us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man, called Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. 
In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He cried out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things. And Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed. So those who want, might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. The rich man said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Abraham said to the rich man, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. All right, friends, so let's talk about our readings. I love that Habakkuk is waiting on God. And he is waiting expectantly and with eyes open and at the watch post. Like you can kind of picture him looking all around. And when God answers him, God says, wait. So he waits on God and then God's answer to his, his waiting is, is to continue to wait. But God also says, rest assured that that the answer is coming and that the wait will be rewarded. That those who get what they have by evil means, it will come to nothing. Justice will eventually be done. Does this sound familiar? I think it's a familiar theme, especially for us lately. And this faith in waiting is in the context of our readings today the first step, faith in waiting. And then when the answer comes, move out in action. And this is what James is talking about. Faith without works is dead. He, he had, this whole section is, is based on a supposition that faith comes first. He says that like, like everybody knows it. And we kind of get it backwards today. Because works are the visible manifestation of faith when it's done right. Faith and then faith manifests itself in works in action, right? We, we overemphasize in our day on works and we forget the faith part. Because without faith, where are the works coming from? Well, they're coming from other sources. They're coming from places other than God and God's love. And they might be well-intentioned places our passion, our intellect, our research, our desires, our motivation. But when we're not rooted firmly in faith and love first, then the nourishment that's being drawn up 
into our beings and then lived out in action is missing the very base. And so these two things, as James is saying, they are, they both need each other. This is not, and he's making this point extremely um, fervently, and I hope clearly that one without the other is incomplete, that these are not, um, it's not binary. It's not either or it is and both. We must have both faith and also works. We must have both. don't know what else I can say that that makes that any more clear other than this is a really, um, these are really wonderful passages to do some Lexio Divino or other meditation on because the imagery here is so dovetailed and so beautiful. You know, you picture the prophet Habakkuk standing at the watchtower like a sentinel for someone who used to be in the sentinel business, I guess in some ways still is. Um, that's a very powerful image for me. And then you pair that with the image of action and faith. And I'd be very interested to hear from you what the image is that comes to your mind, what the spirit inspires in you when you think about works, works that stem from faith today. Now, when we get to Luke, this is a warning, a warning about what happens when we don't listen to the prophets, when we don't fill ourselves with faith and act out through that faith, good works toward our fellow, I would go beyond saying humans and say members of all creation because I think this applies to way to the way that we treat the earth and everything that lives on it as well so this rich man had everything that he needed and we're not told why he doesn't give this Lazarus anything but he doesn't. And then he is in need and he sees that the situation is reversed, that Lazarus has all that he needs and is blessed and needs something. And he's told, no, the chasm is too great to cross. And I think that this is a really important lesson for us here, that we must not make the chasm too great to cross here on earth because it will become too great to cross later on. We might not feel it now, although I certainly do. I have been really upset lately at the great chasm between white Southern elite and urban disenfranchised blacks. And this isn't just, although it's part of it, 
me being really disappointed at going to my church every Sunday and seeing a sea of affluent white people. I'm not kidding. The last Sunday, the one black man's face stood out. It reminds me of what a dear friend of mine who is a younger man in a nursing home says about the way he appears with his dark curly head of hair amongst all the older gray hairs around him. He says, I feel like the Queen Anne's lace flower, you know, has the little darker part in the center and then it's all white around it. I feel like that's how this gentleman looked at our church on Sunday. And I think that there is a problem and I completely understand speaking to your audience, speaking in the language that they know. in order to reach them. We've talked about that before, but I'm starting to realize that there needs also to be consideration given and space made to speak in such a way that it opens the doors for newcomers, that it reaches across that chasm. And our churches are not places of just the current audience They are also places of the community to be. So I think when we speak in the language of rich landed whites, we keep the doors closed. We need to find a universal language, my friends. And I believe that this is one of the acts that must come out of faith. And I'll be honest, I don't know what it looks like. I will tell you that it isn't the Southern Belle style or the Southern Gentleman style. I think we need to put that language in those times aside. And yes, I absolutely believe that all of us can be proud of where we came from, but we also need to be humble. And right now, honestly, a little bit ashamed I think we need to be a little bit ashamed to be wealthy, white, and part of communities that enslaved and abused and beat down our siblings. I think there's a little bit of healthy shame there. And maybe shame is the wrong word. I know Brene Brown would say it is. And I know my friend Nicole would say it is, that it's useless. Maybe there needs, maybe what I'm saying is there needs to be a little bit of healthy conviction. And right now, it's not the time to cling to our pride. Because I tell you what, our roots aren't really southern roots, white roots, whatever that looks like. Our roots need to be the roots of love. That needs to be the only roots that we're worried about right now, my friends. That needs to be the only roots that we're worried about deepening and preserving. You know what? If a little bit of the legacy that we're proud of goes out with the legacy that we really need to be convicted about, 
then I'm okay with that for now. Listen, we've had hundreds of years to be proud of being elite. It is time to give some other folks, and it's not even other, I don't want to say it like that, like other. It is time to make space for healthier pride. It's time to make space for black pride and gay pride and immigrant pride and every other kind of pride. All right, let's let somebody else have a turn. It's like what we were saying about not just affirmative action, but like rewriting the scales, you know, re reordering the scales so that they are evenly weighted. Listen, old white dudes, it's not that you're not going to have a seat at the table. It's just that it's going to be one seat, not all the seats. We all get to sit at the table together. And quite frankly, when white pride, whatever it looks like, whether it is that those two words being used as a catchphrase for neo-Nazis or Southern elite being proud of their Southern elite heritage, it pushes out, it closes doors and we need to stop. And I'm sorry that I went off kind of on this rampage about that, but I do feel that way. And I feel that unlike the people that Luke was talking to, and we really are the people that Luke was talking to, or that Jesus was talking to in Luke, rather, we need to listen to the prophets. We need to listen to the prophets of our day and the prophets who went before. When we were reading about Margaret, it's amazing to me how much Margaret was listened to, that she was listened to at all. And then also how disappointing that so much of her legacy died with her. And I think the advantage that we have here and now is we have much better ways of recording. We are able to go back and read and listen to what the prophets of our recent past have said. And I think we need to do that. And then I think we need to make use of the communication tools that we have and listen to the prophets, even from far away and close at home, who are speaking right now. We don't want to miss this. We don't want to be in the outer darkness. We don't want to be creating a chasm by our own actions. We need to listen. We need to pray. We need to take action through faith. Our works should show the faith that we have. And if they're not, then we need to step back and reground ourselves and reroot and open our eyes and, and receive from God a new faith. Because let's face it, we are right now like the folks in Habakkuk who have built a town, a nation, by bloodshed and founded a city, a country, on iniquity. The good news, though, is first of all, the really good news that Christ overcame all of this and has already conquered it for us. The other good news is that it's not too late. 
It's not too late to make restitution. It's not too late to reconcile. May we seize the opportunity of the moment to work for peace, love, and healing. May these be the works that we show forth in in this world. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, all this I pray. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Let us use as we have been the prayers from the Iona Abbey worship book. They are found on page 12 of the Iona Abbey worship book. Into your care, O God, we place those whom we love, those for whom we worry, those from whom in time or place or affection we are distant. Into your care, O God, we place what grieves us and what inspires us and fills us with hope. Into your care, O God, we give ourselves. God bless to us our bodies. God bless to us our souls. God bless to us our lives. God bless to us our belief. Let us share the prayer that Jesus taught us in our own language or preferred version. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us in the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the blessing of light be upon us, light without and light within. May the moon, sun, and stars shine on us and warm every heart till it glows like a great fire so that strangers and friends may come in and find welcome. May light shine out from our eyes like a candle set in a window. And may God bless us with goodness and loving kindness. Amen. A Collect for St. Margaret O God, you called your servant Margaret to an earthly throne, that she might advance your heavenly dominion and gave her zeal for your church and love for your people. Mercifully grant that we who commemorate her this day may be fruitful in good works and attain to the glorious crown of your saints through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And the Collect for this week, Proper 28. Blessed God, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, 
that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. I think until I have written a collect for Mondays, the collect for the renewal of life is a good one. O God, sovereign eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, Rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And to collect for peace. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us use as we have been the prayer attributed to St. Francis as the prayer for mission. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon where there is discord, union, where there is doubt, faith, where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Dear God, we pray our intercessor intercessory prayers on behalf of all those who are wounded, who act out of their woundedness in ways that wound others. We pray that this cycle be stopped by the holy power and love of your only begotten, love incarnate, Jesus Christ. And we pray that we may be brave enough to walk boldly toward our biases and with your help overcome them. Break down the barriers that create an uncrossable chasm between us and our siblings. May we become one community. May the fear that separates us be destroyed. And may all of our actions stem from a place of love. May we be so firmly rooted in your love that with faith we wait and we act. In the holy name of your incarnate, our Savior, Jesus Christ, all this we pray. Amen. One more thing. Also, God, may we listen. 
May we hear, may we discern your words of truth in those spoken and written by the prophets, both ancient and modern. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see, O God. And then hearts to love and minds and bodies to act. In your holy way, guide us now and always. In and through your creation, your prophets, all of the signals and symptoms and holy voices of your creation, our world. Amen. Let us pray together the prayer of St. Christostom. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church. And in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear. Our creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother. We go now in peace to follow the good road. And may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.